Hello, this is Alex from the Cashed Out Podcast coming to you a little bit early before the episode starts. Um, I just wanted to point out this week that uh, I messed up. I switched the home and away teams for the most part. I did catch it. I knew that the Rams were uh, were the home team this week, so I did I did rectify it at that point in the podcast. But a lot of the picks we made were based on um, us really liking the teams, not necessarily who was home or away. And I just wanted to point this out before the episode, um, you know, think about that a little bit this week, but still a lot of the teams that we picked, we like, I'm not changing any of my thoughts. Um, just know that those, uh, those changes are, uh, they're in the episode and it's incorrect. So just wanted to point that out. We're still getting used to this. So, uh, enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Cast Out Podcast. It's so great to say welcome back because it means we had a first episode published. I apologize for my fucked up voice. This is Alex with you. As is going to be normal, I have uh, Jacob and Ricky with me from Phoenix. Say hello today, boys. How are you doing? What's up? Doing great. Good. I'm glad that you're feeling good, Ricky, because I know I am not. And also Jacob reported some signs of illness. So um, much like the Cardinals. are doubtful on the injury report. Yeah, we're doubtful, man. Much like the Cardinals this week going through COVID. I know I don't have COVID and I know Jacob doesn't either, but we're not feeling well. We're going to do our best to get the win just like the Cardinals did. Um, But just know that at some point we might pull a cliff and Ricky, you'll, you'll hear a lot more of Ricky if anything goes wrong. So I hope you're excited for that. And I apologize again profusely for my voice and any coughs that might come through. We're going to just get straight into it today. There's a lot of stuff happening. I had a great weekend watching football. We're going to recap the good, the bad. Anybody want to start us off today? Let's talk about it. What went well? There were a lot of things that uh, that went well this week. The Cardinals looked fantastic. They came out without a coach, uh, without, I think, an assistant coach, without a couple different players, and just smashed. So they looked fantastic. And then my Raiders surprised me. Um, that's, I guess that's bad to say that they surprised me. My Raiders won and that's surprising to me, but nonetheless, I think after last week and, and what materialized with Gruden, um, it was really great to see them come together as a team to pull off that win, uh, despite all the adversity that they're going through. So that was fantastic to see. I really believe that, you know, Carr is the leader in the locker room and it looked like the team responded. It's really interesting that both of those teams that you mentioned didn't have their like head coaches this week, Gruden for obvious reasons, Cliff because of COVID, he'll be back. But like, that's crazy to me that like those teams lose those figureheads and they're still able to go out there and perform. It shows a lot of grit, I think, from the Raiders. You know, they had a lot of passion to to want to win, kind of change that narrative a little bit. And the Cardinals, you know, six and zero, the only team that's undefeated. I freaking love it. We're we're all from Phoenix, if you don't know, so it's a huge, huge, great thing. And last week, I had a lot of skepticism about the Cardinals this week, so I love that too. Um, I'll go next. I'll shout out the Cowboys. Um, they, they made us sweat it out, man. I'm not gonna lie. Going to overtime is really disappointing. They should have smashed the Patriots, but I'll take the win. We did our kicking and <laughs> kicking and sticking last week. They kicked the field goal at the end to make that one go to overtime. It ended up paying off. So I'm really, really happy for the Cowboys. Really happy for my uh, my wallet because I needed that one. Um, Ricky, what do you think, man? You know, I think the one for us was the Bengals. Alex and I were both. Uh, I didn't bet it though. For- I didn't bet it. 
Wow. Okay. Well, I, I had a lot of action that went through uh, Cincinnati and, and luckily they came out and made the Lions look like the team that they are, which is atrocious. Uh, Bucks to start the week, right? The uh, same game parlay. Got a shout out Jacob there for uh, a couple of different pieces um, and then them going and, and just getting the win, right? I don't know that they covered the spread, but I think uh, and you'll see the theme on this pod. A lot of teasers, a lot of sweethearts, uh, a lot of alternate spreads. Uh, to get us down to some of those uh, two and a half, six and a half, all those kind of good numbers. So those were probably the two that really stood out to me as uh, shining, shining lights. They didn't cover. They covered for us. It's <laughs> fine. I'll speak. I'll speak on the Rams too. This was just a good week for the favored teams coming out and smacking the little teams. There were a couple lopsided games. Maybe they didn't start lopsided, but they ended lopsided. The Rams started a little bit slow, but then they ended up blowing that game out of the water. The Giants, we talked about it last week, very banged up. Uh, Rams took care of it. So, you know, good to see on that front. Um, we're going to talk about some things that we didn't like this week. I know we said it, we said it, we said it. I was so in love with the chargers. That was a huge freaking letdown. I don't know a lot about what that means. I know that the chargers have no interest in stopping you on the run. That is a huge thing that I noticed from that game. The Ravens look really good. I'll talk about them later, but just in terms of the chargers, it scares me a little bit that they're not going to be able to stop the run playing against good running teams. Ricky's got a comment. Let's hear it, baby. The, the thing that was baffling, and, and I think this was Jay and I both had this, was we we teased the over-under line down to 46. In about 15 minutes of football, neither team could score a single point. It just You were thinking that at some point the Ravens would go, you know what, we're just going to let them get one. And I'm screaming at the TV going, why – it makes no sense that the offense looked as bad as it did for the chargers Justin Herbert could not do anything. The offensive line could not protect the defense looked insane. I, I don't know where that came from, especially when you rewind the last couple of games, they eke one out longest field goal ever against the lions. They got beat up for two and a half quarters against the Colts. And then they show up and they boat race one of the best teams, in the NFL I, I did not see that coming, and that definitely put a damper on on my day of of them not scoring any points. It was definitely a statements game for the Ravens. Those guys didn't want to let the Chargers score even one more time. They were not having it. Yeah, their defense looked really good. They they were pressuring Herbert left and right. Like I don't know what percentage of their plays that they blitzed, but it just seemed like Herbert was so uncomfortable and just did not have the time to try to connect with his receivers. And you know, I was stunned. I was stunned that they couldn't get something rolling and, and find some rhythm and score some points. But yeah, he was just, he was under pressure a lot. I mean, he's still a, still an early in his career quarterback, right? So you're going to get those games where he's just inaccurate, right? There were so many plays where receivers were getting separation, but he was overthrowing them or throwing it slightly behind that. It was just a weird game where it should have been closer. I definitely don't think the chargers should have won by any sense of the imagination, but they got behind so early that they had to really abandon the run game. Didn't get Eckler involved. It, really, at that point, you're just slinging it around, and it, they didn't have any kind of chance, any kind of response from the Ravens. I'm going to put up a little bit of uh, defense here for Justin Herbert. I feel like his receivers did not help him out at all. Like I saw Mike Williams drop quite a few that were in his hands. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was just an interesting week last week. There's a lot of bad things. And I know that even some of the teams that ended up winning the week, it was still like the Packers, the chiefs, the Rams, a little bit, the Cowboys for sure. One thing that I didn't like this week was that those teams that I wanted to just smash, they made us wait it out. They made me really have to like the Packers. They were, you know, the bills were messing around or the bears were messing around. 
for so long in that game, it took Aaron Rodgers getting incredibly pissed and yelling, I own you at a lady who was slipping her off, which is golden. That's hilarious, savage. right? So savage. So brutal. But like it took that level of like extreme stuff to get the teams back on track. The Chiefs were losing, I believe, at halftime. They were down by like three points. Like these are teams that like we expect to win against bad teams. It was kind of an easier week in terms of picking and they ended up winning. But like I didn't like that they made us sweat it out a little bit. So that's for sure. And then I had the Bills on Monday night and that was not great. I got off work late and I was watching the game and the Bills were doing okay. They would score every time. And then Derrick Henry just exploded so derrick henry screwed me up i got some advice to take a take a cash out i did not listen i let it ride and it ended up biting me in the butt so ricky's got something for us to go off of here i definitely lived up to the name of this podcast i had a seven team parlay going into sunday night against the pittsburgh steelers and uh i did not have faith so i cashed out but then i i had a lot of buyer's remorse some guilt uh, so i took the money i cashed out with did the same game parlay for the steelers won that and went, well, now I got to really double down for the bills. So it was multiple bets, everything coming through for the bills. And they let me down. There was one in-game action I took. It was uh, Tannehill under 194 yards. First half, the dude only had 74 passing yards, and one of which was a ridiculous ball that went off of somebody's head that Julio Jones caught for like 40 yards. So aggregate 30 yards. He went off for 220 i think in the game and just completely screwed me so uh yeah the bills are, are not on my uh my nice list they are on my shit list and i don't know what kind of titans team you're gonna see week in and week out it's a tale of two titans there was a, a penalty on that play right ricky so they declined it there was pass interference i think i think there was pass interference they declined it so like there was a I chance thought it was the toe the toe drag at the very very corner it was Julio, but the guy they... i'm pretty sure the guy was covering him and they threw a flag i'm just throwing i think that's what happened but anyway I was like, I was impressed that he caught it after the fact. I love those plays. So, Jay, anything to add? Anything you last closing thoughts from last week? Yeah, I got a bad beat. It has nothing to do with with the teams themselves, but bad beat was the poor guy from Bleacher Report betting that had two parlays that were going to net him three hundred forty thousand dollars, and he didn't cash out. He we might have to. He rode the bills all the way through, so he bet two thousand two separate uh, parlay tickets was going to win potentially $340,000. At one point he could have cashed out for something like 250 grand. He didn't. He rode with the bills and sunk with the ship and didn't win a dime. You know, we should probably, we should probably start doing our cash out of the week, whichever one of us sees something or gets cold feet and wants to pull out of a bet. Let's start saving that stuff down. Cause you know, in an opportunity where it would save us. I think that'd be a cool, cool little segment for us to have on the cash out podcast. That being said, that poor bastard did not get any money. Um, we're going to take a look at next week. There are a lot of good, very lopsided games coming up and a lot of close games that I have feelings about, but I don't know. First one I have is the Thursday night game Broncos. And um, the very, 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 very injured Browns will be coming. The Browns are favored by Three and a half. That seems insane to me. I have no idea who's going to play in this game. I just saw today, Kareem Hunt's out. Nick Chubb is out. Um, they have, I believe it's a rookie who's going to come in. I don't even know his name, but he was, you know, all about it. Excited for him. But is Case Keenum playing? Is Baker Mayfield playing? I saw, you know, J.J. Watt, you know, tackled um, Baker Mayfield. 
kudos to Baker Mayfield for coming back. The Browns fought in that game, but outside of a, you know, 50 yard Hail Mary that the Cardinals royally messed up, not a lot was happening, man. And you're supposed to be able to run on us. Kareem Hunt's a good running back. They really couldn't. So, you know, I'm really worried about this game. I do love the Browns. I'm not, you know, if I know who's playing, if I know who's playing in this game, I love the Browns, but no Baker, potentially no Kareem Hunt, no Chubb. This might be a stay away for me. Anybody? That injury report is is kind of ridiculous. You talked about it, Baker, OBJ, Jarvis, and Joku, half of their offensive line. I don't know who's going to play, but when you look at the Broncos again, in the first three games, they gave up a total of 26 points. In the last three games, uh, 23, 27, and 34, respectively. Their defense that was really kind of their strong suit at the beginning of the season, the pressure they were getting, it's not really there anymore. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater making some bad stakes, bad mistakes, three picks this last week. Um, even with 34 minutes of, of possession in that game, they they couldn't get it done. So I personally like the under here. Um, that that running back, Dearness Johnson, has 198 total yards ever for the, the Browns. So I really am, am feeling the under um, just kind of collectively. It's going to be a, 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 yeah, don't know who we're going to get there. Yeah, this one's going to be a this one's going to be an interesting game to watch because the Broncos I thought would put up better stats defensively against the Raiders, but I mean I guess you could chalk that game up to emotions and something else about the Raiders coming off of a really tough week and really wanting to prove it. I don't know if that's the case, but the Broncos just didn't didn't look great to me. They didn't get a lot of pressure and I don't know, I still see the Browns winning this game, maybe not covering the spread, but I would probably take Browns money line on this game. I do want to say before we move on that I am a huge Case Keenum fan. His uh, his run with the Vikings in the playoffs, messing up the Saints. I got a Vikings t-shirt with Keenum on the back. I was all in on this guy. When the people were asking me, my cousins, for a Thanksgiving turkey bowl, who do you want to be this year? Who do you want to be? I said Case Keenum one year because I was so all in on Case Keenum. I You know, if Case Keenum plays, it's not great as having Teddy Bridgewater, the starter for the team, starts. That scares me a little bit. But I do like Case, and like like Jay said, I'd probably be Browns. Browns money line. No one's ever said that, by the way. But hey, appreciate let me your be the, let me be the first. Let me be the first. Okay, <laughs> number one in the fan club, right there for sure. Hey, he could send me a jersey. I'd be all right with it. Um, we are going to go now to. Uh, we're going to do this one a little bit quicker because um, it's pretty lopsided. I think it's uh, Washington is home for the Packers. Packers are minus nine. That's a huge line, but I think it's justified. The over under is forty eight and a half. I'm teasing the Packers. They kind of played a Washington-esque team last week in the Bears. Supposed to have a better defense. Took them a little bit, but they got through to it. I don't think there's as much rivalry and bad blood between the Packers and Washington. So there's no reason for Aaron Rodgers to not come out and just go for the throat. There's a little bit more going to Soldier Field, playing the Bears. You know, this is an easy tease for me. Seven points and, you know, Bears Packers minus two. I love it. Yeah, I like the Packers in this game as well. I think uh, I think they're going to come out and probably cover the spread. I know last week I said that I don't like spreads that are this big. I'll probably tease it down just to be 100% sure. But uh, if I can throw a stat line out there, the Packers this year are 5-1 and one against the spread. Washington football team is 1-5 against the spread. And the only game that the Packers didn't cover was the game that they lost against the Saints. So I don't see them not covering the spread. But just to be safe, I'll probably tease it down and, uh, and throw them in one of my parlays. Week one hardly counts for some of these teams. So like the Packers lose to the Saints, I mean – after that, they've looked like, you know, the team that they we all think they are. Since, since that week one game, uh, Rodgers has 12 touchdowns, one interception, uh, and two more pass or rushing touchdowns. He, I still uh, own like, you. Dude, it's he's so just going funny. out there. 
hitting everyone with double middle fingers, right? If this is his last year in Green Bay, he's going out with a bang. The defense for Washington is so bad. I don't get it. Heineke's not a good quarterback. They stuck around, like you guys said, with the Chiefs for, frankly, a lot longer than I really would have thought that they would. I think that reflects um, more on the Chiefs than, than they on should be, Washington. They should be better, right? I mean, when you look yeah. at the players that are on Washington's defense, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, some of the guys that are on that team, Landon Collins, are actual really good players, and they can just not get it together. I think if they had Fitzpatrick, you maybe see him win one or two more games, right? But I think Heineke has nine interceptions to six touchdowns. They look so bad, so bad. So I agree with you guys. They're definitely going to cover the spread. I think same game parlay, looking at Aaron Rodgers' passing yards, definitely over 300 for sure here. He's going to air it out and just make them look stupid. All in on that. I love that. I love that. We're going to move on now. Uh, Chiefs are home this week. They're taking on the Titans. Uh, Chiefs are minus five and a, five and a half at the time of this. We're doing it on Tuesday, a little bit early today. Um <clears throat> for some NBA stuff uh, over under is 57 and a half. I do not know what to think. And I'm going to let somebody else go first with this. one. I kind of listen to you guys collect my thoughts, but this one scares me. Honestly, we're going to let Ricky go first. After that Sunday night game, I really, and, and this is me every time the Titans look like a very strong team that Monday first night? week against Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, Monday night. You said, you said Sunday night. Sorry. Sorry. I had sorry, to, Monday I had night. to. Well, Going back to Monday night, they had Derrick Henry. There's no question he's the best running back in the league, right? They have 167 yards rushing on average per game. I don't necessarily love Tannehill, but a lot of their games, the last couple, when you think about the game, they lost to the Jets. Some of those weapons of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones not being in the game. I think they have a chance to really at least put some yards up, right? I look at the over underline of 57 and a half. I know it's a lot, but the Chiefs are absurd as well that's secondary there's so many guys like every other play some secondary defensive back safety was walking off the field to the titans um mahomes has not looked fantastic uh 18 touchdowns eight interceptions this season um mahomes is the leading rusher on the chiefs as well which is a little bit of a perplexing things that's that's even before uh edward Solaire was out um, so I, I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. I think back and forth Tannehill, I think is actually gonna be able to find AJ Brown in the same way he did last game. Uh, I would take the five and a half for the Titans and throw my luck and, and see what I get. I might money line the Titans on this. I think the Titans look really good and I just don't trust the chiefs, man. The chiefs. I love it. I love it. <laughs> the chief. I mean, the, the Titans beat the bills. We saw what Derrick Henry did to the bills defense, a defense that's really, really good. And now they're going against the defense whose run D is absolutely trash, right? That's transitive property, Jay. If the, if the Chiefs <laughs> lost to the Bills and the Bills lost to the Titans, the Titans, the Titans. are going to be the Chiefs. Like, that's true. That's math. That's transitive well, that property. That means the, the Jets are going to be able to beat the Bills as well, just transitive property. But, <laughs> drop your you futures. Know, drop your futures. I, right there. I like Jay's Jets. logic here. here. 100%. I, too. I, love, I love it. it. Oh, Jay, keep rolling, man. Talk on it. I love it. Yeah, well, at the end of this, uh, at the end of this pod, we'll go over the same game parlay, which I'm going to do with the Chiefs and Titans game, but man, the Titans looked really good, especially having Julio Jones and AJ Brown back. I know that Julio Jones was, uh, didn't play the whole game and might still be a little bit injured, but they're dangerous, man. The the time of possession here, I think is the biggest factor that they need to watch. And I don't want to go too much into retrospecting on the bills. The bills are so good. They scored too quick, right? It was able to come back and the time of possession that that bills defense was on the field 
that Derrick Henry was able to start to really wear those guys down. I think they showed the infographic of yards per carry from the first, second, third, and fourth quarter. And it went from like 2.2 to like six. I mean, it was just ridiculous. So that's really where I think the Titans are going to be able to kind of take advantage of the margins here is if they can keep that defense on the field that is beat up and give their secondary that is hurt uh, a little bit of time to recover and hopefully not get shredded by Mahomes too much. I think there's a chance. I really like that money line play. I feel like Derrick Henry stiff armed me because I shit talked them last week. And I said, they're one dimensional. They're one dimensional. They can't do anything. And Derrick Henry just put the team on his back. doesn't matter if they're one dimensional, still smashed a fantastic defense in a fantastic team. Crazy. I think you made a good point, Jay. The weeks where the receivers are no names, the Titans are beatable, right? You can scheme to stop Henry if that's all you have to worry about. The second you start adding Julio for a little bit or AJ Brown with an illness, then it gets a little bit trickier because both of those guys are really good, right? Julio catching balls off helmets, you know, like that's a play that Julio makes, you know? So I think it's, it's possible to stop Henry, but you add in some good receivers and you take the pressure, you have to put some guys in the secondary, Henry, Henry will eat you in, in single coverage, man. He's going to get you, right? When you have one-to-one, Henry's going to win. Titans money line. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Let's move on. Uh, the next one, we're going to um, kind of gloss over this one, too. This is Pats. Uh, the Jets are home. They're one and four. They were on by last week. Patriots are two and four. They lost to the Cowboys in overtime. Lions, Patriots are minus seven. 42 and a half is the spread. This one's an easy tease for me. If we can get seven on this one, make it, you know, Patriots money line. Basically, I'm all in on that. The Jets are not good. They've had a week off, which is, you know, help for, for people. But I think the Patriots played the Cowboys really well. And that, to me, is a, is a solid note. And Belichick still wants to win. You know, his his rookie quarterback hasn't looked great. But he's not going to let Zach Wilson look better than his rookie quarterback, right? So he's going to, you know, prove a point. You're not better than us. Hell no. You know, Patriots, I got them. Back to that that game earlier in the season where the, the Pats and the Jets played. Zach Wilson had four interceptions, right? He was really struggling. Mac Jones in that game only had 185 passing yards, too. I mean, they didn't even really need to use him. If you look at some of the plays that they schemed up last week and some of the peripheral weapons, right, of Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, they got some guys that matchup-wise, the Jets are not going to be able to keep up with. They really need to, I think, focus more on some of those chunk plays. A lot of their drives have been these 7, 8, 9, 10 play drives that take a lot of time. If they can start to incorporate some of those tight ends and even some of the other you know weapons on the wide receiver core and, and extend the field, it makes them have to cover much further than stacking the box and being able to kind of stop the run and make Henry, um, or, or rather, um, make Mac Jones kind of beat everybody. They need to let Mac beat some people though. Like it was pissing me off. And like, I had the Cowboys. So like, it was nothing against the Cowboys. I wanted to win obviously, but I was watching the game and the Cowboys had over 500 yards of offense and the Patriots at times were like 200 yards less. And I was like, how is this even happening in a football game? Like if you're Bill Belichick or, you know, the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, super famous guy, what's his name? I can't even think of his name right now. Regardless, if you're the the offensive coordinator, tell me Ricky. Josh Daniels. Josh Daniels. There we, is it McDaniels or just Daniels? McDaniels. <laughs> Josh McDaniels. If you're Josh McDaniels and you're getting like out class like that, you have to let the quarterback throw a little bit, I think. And you look at those stats that Mac Jones had, and one of them was on like one for 75. They had a, you know, a double go that, you know, what took to the house at the end of the game. You take that away and it's even worse. The Cowboys had, you know, 200 yards of offense more. This is the Jets. They're one and four. They need to let Mac loose a little bit. 
The Jets are not the Cowboys, though. And Zach Wilson is not Dak Prescott. And just to throw another stat out there, I want to say, I know you said there was over 500 yards in, in offense. They were over 400, I think 440 yards passing. And that was the most passing yards that Bill Belichick, I think, has ever given up. Um, Zach Wilson is not Dak Prescott, though. I do not see that happening again this week. Last, maybe last stat on this one. I think the thing from the, the game last week that was really confusing was that score at the very end, you look at it and you're like, wow, pretty high scoring game. They scored 27 points in the fourth quarter across the two teams. That doesn't include the six points from that last bomb in overtime. I, you look at 42 and a half, a little bit of a low line, tease that up, maybe throw in a sweetheart, 52 and a half. I don't think either of these teams are going to get close to that number. So maybe something to kind of take advantage of, frankly, two defenses that are okay. And two offenses that are not so great. Jacob, you said that this is not, you know, Dak Prescott. Dak Wilson's not Dak Prescott. I agree. But do you think, though, that because they're not Dak Prescott, that they let Mac Jones go a little bit more? I know I said it for the Texans. It never happened. Is this the week they let him go a little bit more because it's not a team like the Cowboys? I don't think so, because I think we go back to what we said before. Bill Belichick doesn't give a shit about the spread. He wants to win the game, and he's going to do what it takes to win the game. So I wouldn't count on it being a Mac Jones, yeah, we're going to, we're going to let him, you know, go loose and just go wild and throw all over the defense. Uh, you know, they're going to win the game, but I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't count on it being like a, not going to build confidence. No, I yeah. agree. And we've seen the, we've seen Bill Belichick let the defense win the game. He says, screw the quarterback with Tom Brady at the helm. You know, he, he just wants to win the game. I feel that uh, next game Panthers at home, minus three of the giants. Um, this one to me, uh, Panthers are three and three. They just lost last week. Uh, Giants are one and five, got smacked by the Rams. Over under is 43. I don't have a lot to say about either of these teams, really. The Giants are still sucking it up. Panthers were in a close one against the Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins had some overtime magic in him, but I, I'm on the Panthers for sure. I don't really have too much to say. We're going to let Ricky go. He's got more, but Panthers I, for sure. I'll keep it short, too, right? I mean, when you look at the injury report, still, it's pretty scary for the Giants. Almost all of their offensive weapons are, are questionable. Saquon, what happened with Saquon? Tony, he's not on the IR, so they think he's going to come back, but he is still doubtful for for sure this week. Um, They've gotten boat race the last two games against the Rams and the Cowboys. They're giving up 137 rushing yards. I think if you look at this game, maybe as the same game parlay, and you you take, or rather you give the three for the Panthers and look for Chuba Hubbard over maybe 70, 80 yards, right? He hasn't had a tremendous, I think he's only had one game over 100 yards this season, but at some point, they're just going to start feeding in the ball. I don't think that the the defense for the Giants is going to be able to keep up. Um, that might be something you can take advantage of. I think that Darnold's actually going to air this game out. I, I see him and DJ Moore connecting a lot more than, you know, maybe going back to like the first couple of weeks of the season where they were, they had a good, you know, connection going this past game. I feel like Darnold just wasn't like in sync with his receivers. There were a lot of drops. I want to, I don't know if this is the correct stat, so I'm just going to throw this out there, but I think DJ Moore had like 13 targets, but only three receptions, something ridiculous like that. If they're in sync and they're playing on the same level, you know, his production is going to go through the roof and I could see him having a big game, especially against a shitty team like the Giants. I'm all on those DJ Moore stats right now. Five receptions for 13 targets. Pretty damn close, Jay. I love it. Yeah, I agree, man. And, you know, I think Darnold's has the capabilities to, to air it out, like Jay said. He's doing some Jets Sam Darnold shit, which I'm not a fan of. You know, his stat line hasn't looked great, but he's playing with a little bit more confidence. He's still on a better team, so I, I like it. 
I think the Panthers take this one easy. This next one, I think is, I, I'm most excited for this game this week. I think this might be my game of the week. Bengals are home, four and two Bengals at home. Ravens are coming to town, five and one Ravens. Ravens are opening minus six and a half. Over under is 47 and a half. That number is so high to me. I cannot believe that six and a half. The Bengals have been playing great. Their defense is great. At the end of the day, I love the Ravens. I think they're going to win. That last game was huge against the Chargers. They really made a statement. And this one's even more important because it's within the same conference, the same division. I like the Ravens, but I'm all about it. Let's hear it. What do you guys got? Bengals have only lost, what, two games? Over time. Yeah. Six, six points. Wow. Right. I mean, I don't know how you can look up and, and especially with how often on the Ravens have been, I mean, coming off of the last week, I get why it's six and a half. They absolutely dominated one of the best offenses in the league. The defense, obviously for the chargers, not so great, but I understand the line. I'm going to stay as far away from this game as possible and just be able to sit there and kind of enjoy what I hope is a really ridiculous offensive uh, kind of firework show but I agree with you, Alex. Six and a half is uh, a little ridiculous when you look at the games that the Ravens have played so far in their performance. I'm going to take the Ravens' money line in this game. The Ravens have looked sweeter and sweeter every week. They've literally taken a step every week. And this past game against the Charters, they played all four quarters, which is what I said I was most hesitant about last week, is that I hadn't seen them play all four quarters. If they keep this up, they're going to beat the Bengals. The Bengals have beat shitty teams this year. Don't get me wrong. They look good, but they beat shitty teams. They beat who? Detroit, Jacksonville, the Steelers, and they've, they've lost to the Bears and the Packers. So they've lost to good teams. I don't know if you call the Bears good, but good teams. And they beat shitty teams. The Ravens are a category above all the teams that they played, maybe at par with Green Bay. They're going to be too much for the Bengals to handle. And they've looked better and better every week. If they find it again this week, play all four quarters, it's... I think they covered the spread, but I'm going to take Ravens money line. Very different too, right? Like Lamar Jackson is much different than game planning for Aaron Rodgers, right? Practicing against Joe Burrow is kind of like playing against Aaron Rodgers. But now you have, you know, people have given him shit for it, but being a running back as a quarterback, dude's mobile, right? They have a really good run day, run run game. I, I like the Ravens this week. I'm excited to just watch this game. I think I'm really excited for the Bengals to have, you know, maybe taking a little step. I'm happy the Steelers are trash. Browns, poor Browns, but, you know, Bengals are looking good, so I really like that too. We're going to check in now with our uh, our resident Raiders fan. I might be a little bit more high on the Raiders this week. Um, they are going to Philadelphia. Eagles are home. They're 2-4. and four. Raiders are 4-2, and two, coming into Philly, minus 3.5. 48.5 is the over-under. We're going to start with you, Jay, because you had a lot of really great things to say last week about the Raiders. We were a little bit afraid. It's kind of a... You know, you don't really know what you're going to get a grab bag when you lose your coach, but they looked really well last week. So uh, tell us, tell us what you think about this week. Yeah, this week, I'm going to take the Raiders. I'm going to take my, my hometown pick here and uh, I'll probably take them minus three and a half. Um, I don't think I'll do a money line. I think I'm going to take the points on this one. They looked really good against the Broncos, a team that I thought the defense would maybe stifle uh, Derek Carr and get some pressure on him, but it was the opposite. It was like the Raiders playing Broncos defense and pressuring the shit out of Teddy Bridgewater. So I could see that happening again. If Max Crosby can have the type of games that I've seen him have. And if unique Ngakwe can have a good game too, and we can contain Jalen hurts, 
then the Eagles are going to have a hard time. Um, and it, I think this game is going to be a game of the the turnover differential. If the Raiders turn the ball over, then I can see the Eagles winning. But if they don't and they're positive there, then the Raiders are going to win this game. I'm going to take them minus three and a half. They look really good. They played all four quarters on both sides of the ball. The, the only thing I'd say that you may want to consider, you know, kind of think about the Bills, right? They they went, they beat their, you know, kind of the AFC championship challenge with uh, the, the Chiefs. They come out and they, I won't say lay a goose egg, right? They played pretty well, but there's a little bit of a letdown when you think about their their play against the Titans. Pretty emotional victory the last couple of weeks. A lot of things that have been going on within the locker room. Is this the time that they kind of have a little bit of that letdown? I think the Eagles are better than their record represents, right? We've talked about them a couple of times. The RPO, they're kind of versatile. They're going to stretch you down the field, but they're also going to kind of move you laterally from from sideline to sideline. Injury report for the Eagles, though, not necessarily in their favor. Obviously, they lose Zach Ertz. Kind of want to shout out Alex on calling that out and and throwing that into the universe. Oh, that was pathetic. God dang. Uh, Goddard is out for this week. Lane Johnson out for this week. So I would probably agree with Jay. But, you know, at some point, that emotional roller coaster they've been on for the better part of two and a half weeks has to to take a toll. As an organization, though, like as a Raiders organization – the fan base has always been let down. Like you always get a, a solid win. You're like, oh man, this is it. And then you get let down. They have to continue to, to, you know, keep this momentum going. They got to find this win. This is just as much a prove it game as any other game. This is how they get to the playoffs. They got to win this game. Bro. And you know what I really love about this is like the Raiders started off really good. Lost. I think it was three straight, right? Jay, they were, you know, up down two, two, two in a row, right? Starting off really good. Lose two in a row. You win this game and they are tied for the lead in the division. So like, I don't know if I feel like this is going to be a letdown game because if you're coming in and you're second or third and like, you know, the, the first team is getting away, it's tough. It's tough to get up for that game, but they just went through all this crap and they're tied for first because of the chargers. The chargers are on by this week. If the Raiders beat the Eagles, they will be number one in the AFC West. That to me is enough where Derek Carr and the guys are going to say, we, like Jay just said, we have let everybody down time, time and time again, time for us to do it, time for us to make it happen. I, I think this is a, an amazing thing. The Raiders are going to be one of my locks this week. I will decide if I like them minus three and a half or if I'm going to tease a money line. I'm not sure, but I will definitely be betting on the Raiders this week. I see big things for them. Give me the gold medal, baby. I'm all in, man. I really like it. Um, this week too, we have, I'm, we're going to kind of combine these two games. We have uh, Lions are home. No, Lions are I believe the Lions are going to the Lions are going to LA. This one's backwards. The Lions are going to LA. It is not a Matthew Stafford come home game. The Lions are going to LA. Uh, Rams are opening this one minus 14 and a half. I also believe the Cardinals are home. We're going to pair this one as well. Texans are going to Arizona. Arizona's going to the Texans. You tell me, Ricky, shake your head. No, no, it's a, it's a home game. Texans are coming to the Cardinals. Okay. We're all good. So the Rams are minus 14 and a half in LA Cardinals minus 17 in Arizona. Rams are uh, 15 and a half is the over under Cardinals 47. Both of these games have ludicrously large lines. I don't want to tease them because teasing them puts them at seven and a half and 10 for me. If we do a seven point tease, those numbers are so high. I'll probably throw these guys in a money line, you know, just to add them in there and make me feel good about, you know, adding, you know, more multipliers, but like, I, I don't want to really do freaking 10 point tease. I said that last week and I'm still not in love with it this week. 
I mean, the sweet, the sweetheart is always there getting that. Oh that my God. You, fancy, you and your fancy apps, both. man. So I'm, I am, I am four, four, four games in on sweethearts and I have won all four of them. So that 10 points really uh, swings the needle. Uh, bills actually came through for me because I was getting four and a half, but we'll, we'll leave that out there. I think the story of this one is uh, lions are scoring 18 points per game and giving up 28.7 to their opponents. And they have not seen an offense like the Rams. There is no question going to be a boat race um the only thing i want to add what just one more i don't know if you guys saw this uh jared goff throwing the ball away on a, a fourth down attempt that they had he, he rolled out and instead of just throwing it up and maybe getting lucky 50 50 ball he, he threw it into the stands so uh that that i think tells you what the lions are working with dan campbell is going to cry again after this oh game. that's mean bro that's <laughs> mean this is the first game when my like my needle isn't even moved towards the lions at all like it's not even close this week like the rams rams all the way it should never be moving you toward the lions but it's I'm, glad that you're I'm finally, just saying i'm saying it finally is, coming this around is, this is to great it. to see another week of it not moving if i thought they had that's, a chance 14 and a half is a huge line there, it's not even going to be close so like there's no way i don't even want to tease that down to 21 and a half like, that still sucks I'm teasing this Rams game. I honestly like I'm going to do exactly what I did last week with them. I said, I'm going to tease it down and I feel pretty good about it, but I still feel at the same time, they're going to, they're going to hit the spread. And they did. They, they smoked who they played and crushed the spread. I think this is going to be the same. Yeah. The giants, this is going to be the same deal, but I'm going to tease it down and feel good about it. I love it. I love it. And then Cardinals are going to be a knock on wood here. Seven and no, I mean, this is not a good Texans team. They've been putting away teams, uh, business as usual. Uh, I'm looking to see that happen again. So I'm feeling good about it. The only stat I really want to share, and I think it's more indicative of just the Cardinals offense in general. So this was uh, through week five. So it hasn't been updated since uh, this last week, but the Cardinals have the most uh, receptions behind the line of scrimmage with 23 uh, of any team. At the same time, they have the most receptions uh, targeted depth of 20 plus yards. So they've got the most catches behind the line of scrimmage and also the most catches mid to, to deep down the field, right? You never know what you're going to get. And then you add Kyler Murray in the middle of that. Like how, how are you going to compete? 17 massive line. Maybe you look at that over under a 47 Throw that in a sweetheart. You got 37. That feels pretty comfortable. Cardinals are comfortably going to win this one, but anytime you're laying, laying 17, you kind of, Got to scratch your face, even if it's Alabama or, or the Cardinals right now. That's a crazy stat to have like the the most receptions behind the line of scrimmage and then the most deep threat receptions. Like that's that's got to be so damn difficult for a defense. Like how do you how do you game plan for that? Like you could try to game plan for it, but then you're you're not covering Kyler Murray. Like something's gonna break loose. That's intense. Bro, I love uh, Cliff and I love Kyler, but who the hell runs a fucking pass play? Uh, pardon my language. We haven't said the F word lately, but who the fuck runs a pass play behind the line of scrimmage? And they always do it at the worst goddamn times too. It's just frustrating. Those little outs, I get it. They do the wide receiver screen. I can see years. You cannot shake your head at me, Ricky. I've seen years of Larry catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage only to get clobbered by nine Seahawks because they saw it coming from six miles away. It's so frustrating, but tell me why I'm wrong. The, the one difference though is the skill players, right? So, so Larry, uh, and I, I don't want to speak, speak ill of the no longer part tread of the lightly, Cardinals, tread but, lightly, but his speed was never uh, something that, that you could really count on. Um, I think when you, the, to me, this stat, what this shows is 
it is causing defenses to have to cover the entire field Everything. for the Cardinals, right? So it's not that those swing routes to Chase Edmonds or, you know, the little bubble screen to uh, Rondale Moore, who screwed me out of a, a 17 parlay. Won't talk about that, but I'm very good really this feel. week. Tell us how you really it's feel. very better this week. But it, it is forcing those safeties to, to take a step up, right? So when the ball snap, you don't know whether Kyler's keeping it, Kyler's handing it off, it's going to be out in the flat, or holy shit, DeAndre Hopkins just back of the end zone by himself, no one around for a touchdown, right? I mean, there have been so many of those plays. And so maybe it's not the first, second, or third time you do it, but down the stretch as the games go on, it's so many looks for defenses to have to cover that it's going to be a challenge for any team going forward. Maybe a bit of a look ahead to the Packers, right? in Thursday night football the following week. But I think it's just indicative of, of some of the, strides and 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 movement that cliff is finally making as opposed to last year we had eight guys all just run five yard hooks and stand there and go throw me the ball so that being said you feel good about cardinals minus 17 uh, <laughs> you know what i i said it about the Bengals. i was pretty confident i i am going to tease this one down i'm going to take the cardinals 10. minus 10 okay i like it i like it i have to That's throw fair. that one in too Hey, and this week, everybody who's listening, if you uh, if you have some you know fun stuff to do with your family, if you want to go you know watch a basketball game or do something else, this is a great weekend. Go watch a movie. This is a great weekend to tap out early. Um, the Sunday night game, in our opinion, is not very exciting. The Monday night game, I don't care about the Seahawks. I mean, Saints, who cares? Um, not very exciting either. We will probably end up betting both of these games, Colts, Niners, Saints, Seahawks. But for me, the football, the football day ends kind of around this last game, the bears and the bucks bears are home. Uh, it's, uh, the bears are three and three bucks are coming to soldier field. They are five and one, uh, they are minus 13 and a half. That is so freaking high to me. Uh, 47 point over under, um, I will start this one off because one thing that I really noticed in the super bowl against, let me think here, who was, who are they playing? Oh my God. It was, I'm trying to think here, but it was, it was a couple games here where, Oh, is on the way to the Super Bowl, Patriots are playing the Broncos and Von Miller was all over Tom Brady's ass. And this is Tom Brady from, it's gotta be, you know, seven years ago. Right. But Tom Brady was really struggling with that pressure. And one thing that I noticed with the bears last week against Aaron Rodgers, a much more mobile quarterback than a 45 year old Tom Brady was they were still getting a ton of pressure on the quarterback. So, I mean, if years ago, Tom Brady did not like pressure now he's 10 years older. Yeah, he's a little bit better, you know, 10 years wiser as well, but the Bears are still getting pressure. So minus 13 and a half is a huge, huge line. I think the Bucs are going to win. I don't think it's going to be, you know, they might have it, you know, a touchdown and, you know, maybe get 10 or something like that, but I don't think a 13 and a half is way too high. I kind of like the Bears in this one, Bucks money line, but I feel like the Bears have the ability to make it a little bit difficult for uh, for Brady on on Sunday. Yeah, that, that same stat we just talked about, about uh, receptions behind the line of scrimmage, the uh, the third team on that list, the Buccaneers. When you look at the uh, targets uh, beyond 20 yards, uh, it's also the Buccaneers. Their their offense is very potent. 13 and a half, though, is is really ridiculous to, to me. Um, like you said, Aaron Rodgers, much more mobile than Tom Brady. They still got three sacks on him last week, right? I think that there's a level of... Um, versatility that the defense offers to the bears. It's going to allow them to kind of keep themselves in the game. When you go back to that Thursday night game and, and where we, you know, kind of missed the spread, right? We, we, we teased it down. We ended up winning against the, uh, the Eagles there. 
mobile quarterbacks seem to at least cause a little bit of confusion for the Bucks defense, right? And, and Justin Field has shown you he can go get some yards with his feet. He can move out of the pocket. He can kind of operate in space. So I think that 13 and a half, I think it's absurd to not take those points. Um, that's kind of where I'm going to be leaning this week. 13 and a half for the Bucks. Bears, I think is what he's for the bears, thinking. for the bears, for the bears. Okay. We're good. We're good. We're good. I I apologize with this one. I kind of lean towards Ricky as well because the bears, I think between Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, they lead the league in sacks. So if they get that type of pressure on Tom Brady, like you said, Alex, he's not that mobile. This is a game where I think the bucks will win, but they're not going to hit that spread. This, this I think is either, a money line pick for me, or maybe even teasing it in the Bears' favor. This is a game where I, I'm ready to see Tom Brady touch his hair a hundred times this game. I'm ready to see him leaning over the iPad because he's so frazzled and he's like, "I gotta." This is going to be a meme on on Monday because I'm about to kill the Bears. But I'm ready to see him. You know, he's going to go into that dark place. He's going to come out victorious. But I'm ready. For- I also think that Justin Fields is half Brady's age, if I'm not mistaken. Bro, I think I'm half, I'm half Tom Brady's age. I'm 27 <laughs> years old, so I, I'm about half his age too. So, like, Justin Fields is definitely not my age for freaking sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's crazy how old freaking Tom Brady is. Let us uh, – Ricky in the in the chat here, as I mentioned, he has one thought about a game that I did not want to talk about. He's going to say something about the Saints. Is it good or bad, Ricky? Is it nice? I'll, I'll make it super quick. So, two, two kind of quick stats. Uh, the Seahawks have hit the under on their last four games – uh, they give up 125 yards rushing. If you look at Kamara, I would would find whatever his over-under is. He's definitely going over 100 yards. Maybe pair that, tease the the over-under from 43 up to 49 and see what you can get there. I think there's a little bit of opportunity with the Saints coming off the bye. Ricky, Jay, what are can, your thoughts? Can we yeah. expect an Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry type of game, like three touchdowns, 150 yards, or like, can I throw some money down on something ridiculous like that and just win a shit ton? I think the difference with Henry and Kamara is that Kamara is going to potentially go off and get 50, 60 yards receiving, right? So he's one of those guys that could get three yards or three touchdowns between rushing and passing. But I don't know that you want to kind of put all your chips into the center and go, he's going to go off for 160 yards rushing because they like to use them a bit more versatile, right? They're going to throw that ball into the flat. They're going to do those little bubble screens and such. So I still think he's going to rush for over hundred yards, but I wouldn't be shocked if he also received 50, 60 yards at the same time on a, a pretty poor Seattle defense. Look for him as any time score, Jay, get a couple of touchdowns. I think, you know, the Seahawks don't have a lot of identity right now. The The craziest thing was uh, their freaking safety, Jamal Adams, saying he was the best in the nation. Like, come on, bro. And then the ball hits him in the face and he doesn't get the interception. Like, calm down. And I, I love and at the Wilson. same time, P, P, the pro, pro football focus at him is like the 20-something. Or right something. Oh, my directly, God. But yeah, it's like, on. oh, I'm not even the best on oh my team. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, great. like, I feel like the Seahawks are floundering, which I love to see. Geno Smith was trash on the jets he will be trash on the seahawks i i think the saints are going to win i will not be betting this game unless i really feel like i had a bad weekend or a good weekend but we will we will really see so those are the games this week any closing thoughts any feelings before we move on to some of the more specialized things we like to talk about gentlemen we're gonna win yeah we're gonna win some money this week this is uh this is gonna be a big week for us i think you've got some crazy lines out there so it makes it easier for us to kind of lock in some some for sure wins and maybe tease it down and even get some, some locks there. So this is going to be a good week for us. I'm feeling it. 
I love your segue, Jay, because it is now time for us to talk locks of the week. We will start with you, Mr. Jacob. Run us through your three locks. You don't have to tell us why you love them because you already did. But tell us, what are you going to be putting on your slips this week? What are you liking? Yep. So I'm going to start with the Packers, but I'm going to tease this down from minus nine, I think is what we have it right now. So I'm going to tease it down to minus two, minus three. I feel good about that. The Broncos Browns over under. I'm going to take the over, but I'm going to tease it down a little bit and make it easier. And then Ravens money line. And those are my three for the week. Those are my three locks. A big fan. I'm a big fan. I'll go next. Um, I'm very surprised in you, Jacob, not having the Raiders. You said you liked them with the points. I think I'm going to take Raiders with the points as well. Um, I don't really feel like I need to tease them this week. I just leave them. It's not that high. Definitely money line for sure against the Eagles. I might just let it sit. That might be one that just boosts some of my, my plays this week. I don't think I'm going to tease them unless I chicken out. Like you, Jay. Love the backers. I'll be locking that down. Redskins don't have it. Tell me. I think I lose credibility if I if I say, oh, Raiders are a lock. Take the Raiders. And then they lose or something. That's like, oh, well, this this dude only takes them because he loves the Raiders. I can't, I can't throw them in there all the time. You know I what? Appreciate you. On, a, on a week like that, Jay, you just tell me and I will throw them on mine. Okay. Because I love them this week and love I love you. So I'll put them in. Um, the last one for me, um, second one was the Packers. And the last one is the Pats teasing them down. The Jets are a joke. The pack, the Patriots played the Cowboys very tightly. I think they're going to play, you know, pretty well against the coming Pats team or against the Jets team. Zach Wilson, four picks last time. Can we get that to eight? Maybe. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Oh my gosh, my voice is gone. Well, I'll jump in here and then give my locks real quick. So like you guys, Packers teased. Uh, I think that's a pretty easy one. I uh, talked a lot about the Cardinals offense and kind of the versatility stretching the field, teasing the over under down to 41. I uh, feel pretty good about that. And then we spent a lot of time on this. So surprised none of you guys had this on uh, on your slips. That Titans uh, getting five and a half at, at the uh, Chiefs. I know it's scary. I see Alex shaking his head, but I, I am here for it. I am here for the ride. I am buckling up and I am riding the Titans and Derrick Henry, that beautiful majestic man as he stiff arms every one of those defensive backs and gets in the end zone. Those are my three for the week. Mm, we are going to do now our same game parlay of the week run to you by Jacob and Jacob, just tell us really quickly, the player prop stats are not out yet. So where you, you have some numbers here. Where did these where where did these come up, and how will this develop throughout your week? Like, what are you what are you looking for in these, so that the listener knows, you know, this is not a real number, but this is what Jacob likes this week. What are you What are you feeling? Yeah, it's not a real number. It comes from up top, but uh, I like the Chiefs and the Titans game. I think there will be a ton of points scored, and I see this being another game where Derrick Henry just goes off and eats because the Chiefs defense has a bunch of holes. They're horrible against the run. And we saw what Derrick Henry could do against a, a pretty solid defense, even putting the team on his back, being one-dimensional in, to some degree. So I like Derrick Henry over 100 yards. If that number is lower, take it. Take the over. But I almost feel confident with saying over 100 yards. Derrick Henry is an anytime touchdown scorer. Depending on what those lines look like, I might even throw in two-plus TDs. We'll see. And then also Patrick Mahomes, two-plus passing TDs. I feel like that's going to be pretty even money. Um, we saw Josh Allen, you know, throw a couple touchdowns against uh, against the Titans. I feel like Mahomes can definitely do the same thing. And if they want to even keep it competitive, he's going to have to be on top of his game. So I'm going to do those three, call that the same game parlay. Let's win some money here. 
I'm hoping for a plus 300 odds. If it's a little bit better, then hell yeah. Let me know when you uh, when you throw that together because I want to play too. So just let me know. Uh, Ricky this week is going to walk us through the jar lay. The boo things this week are taking a week off. And we're going to talk some basketball in a minute. So we're just giving them a little bit of a rest from their phenomenally random picks. So uh, Ricky, walk us through the jar lay, please, before I go off on some basketball. You know, I wanted to I wanted to stay with the Titans theme, but I kind of backed out just uh, for the sake of the the jar lay and making sure that we we win some folks some some money. So Cardinals over under forty seven tees down to forty one. Uh, we got the Packers tees, and then last but not least, we're going to go with the Raiders minus three and a half tees. That's going to be the the jar lay of the week. What we're kind of representing, and again through the week, we'll be posting on our socials so you guys can get some of these recaps, uh, be able to check them out, comment down below, let us know what you think, let us know how yours did. Um, as well in the comments for, for Spotify, all the good stuff. So yeah, Spotify, know. Apple music, we'll do that here. Cause if you hate basketball, now is the optimal time to turn your podcast off. It has been great having you this week, but this is a great, great time in my life. And Jacob's going to go before I just power this baby home. Yeah. So before we hit the, the basketball picks here, I just want to say thank you to all of our week one listeners. You know, it means a lot to see the numbers roll in and to see that we've got some people that appreciate, you know, the content that we're putting out. So be on the lookout for more. We're going to, we're going to do this throughout the season. We're going to try to post it on the same day, every week, Thursdays, follow us at cash out pod, Twitter, Insta. Uh, you can find us on Google play, Apple podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, tune in a few other ones that I've never heard of, but we put our stuff up there as well. SoundCloud. <laughs> if you're on SoundCloud, so shout out to we J- appreciate you getting Thank all you that so done. Holy crap. Jacob, you're amazing, man. Jacob, we're going to shout him out as our producer. We're also going to shout out Ari Meldrum last week for helping us uh, get some ideas down and work with some of the audio stuff. So shouts out to Ari, but Jacob, you know, was kicking ass last week and uh, again, getting this thing finalized and getting it posted on like a million different uh, websites. So major shouts out to Jay. Now's the time for basketball. Now's Let's the time for it. basketball. I'm Let's so excited. Today is one of my favorite days of the year. It's Tuesday right now. So I'm, I've been watching basketball this whole time during the pod. Um, I'm just going to do a couple over-unders for some teams. I did some big ones. I did my favorite team, the hometown team, my arch enemy team, I guess. And then one team that I felt like was really garbage, but I'm not really a big basketball gambler because it's so easy to just add the favorites to a five team parlay and expect them all to win because normally they would. And then, you know, basketball is so random that any, any night a team just loses. So I'm a little bit, I'm going to learn how to, to gamble a little bit more on basketball. We'll, we'll keep you updated on that, but just some over-unders. I got five teams for you. We're going to be starting with the Bucks. They are winning right now against Brooklyn. I'm a big fan of it. The over-under for them this year is 54 and a half wins. It's minus 115. I'm a big fan of this team because last year there was a lot of tumult around Coach Bud. Uh, they almost fired him. If they lose that playoff game to the Nets, you know, one inch on Kevin Durant's shoe, he's fired, right? So there's a lot of talk about that happening as the playoffs are happening. So I think having them win the championship, get past that hump, it's stability at the coaching position that they needed. Giannis, if you've been checking out any of the socials, Giannis is learning how to shoot. I watched him play the jazz. He's shooting pull-up threes. He's pulling shoot up, uh, pull-up shooters. He's looking very, very good. Dude is just wanting to get better. I love that. Uh, last year, the Bucks had a, a, six, a 0.639 win percentage. They only need to hit two point. 2% more. It's like a 71% win percentage. They can do it. They're getting back Dante DiVincenzo. They have another year of uh, Drew Holiday under their belt. They're adding Grayson Allen, adding Rodney Hood, adding veteran George Hill. 
I mean, how can you not like this team? And you look at the other teams that they're going to be playing right now. They're playing the Nets. There's a no Kyrie in Brooklyn. Simmons uh, is ruining Philly right now. So, I mean, the other big teams in the, in the East that they're going to be playing, I don't think they're going to be that hard at the beginning. They just won the game. They're going to win by, you know, 23 points. That's huge. That's huge. Bucks over under. I'm loving the over for 40, 54 and a half for the Bucks. I would take that. We're going to go. Yeah. Throw it out, Jay. Does Giannis have a triple double tonight? Bro, you're asking me stats, man. Let's see what he's, let's see what he's rocking with. If you give me one second here, I can check, but they did just punch that in 23 point win. Let's take a look here. Giannis, 32 points, seven assists, 14 rebounds, not a triple double, but I mean, dude, that like you, he won the MVP twice and then said, I want to be better. And like, that's what I love about him. He done no triple double, but man, that's freaking, I mean, that's on, on par stuff from Giannis. We're going to move to the Suns. They lost in the uh, NBA finals last year. Their over under is 51 and a half. It's minus 110. One thing that I've been hearing and one thing that I noticed is did they crest a year early? Were they the surprise team of the playoffs last year? Devin Booker is that dude. He goes to the grocery store where the old man says, you're not that guy, pal. And the guy says, you're that guy, pal. Right. Devin Booker is cold blooded, big Mamba fan. You can see it in his game. I love Devin Booker. The over under for them is 51 and a half. The season this year is back to 82. Last year was only 72 in season because of the COVID stuff. It started weird. The Suns won 51 games last year. And this year they have 10 more games to do it. They got better. Their young core is growing. They had 10 more games. I mean, how could you not like that? You have CP3 getting hurt in the playoffs, but you have the core. You have so many good things now. You have Landry Shamit coming in. I'm a really a big fan of the Suns this year. It's tough for me as a Mavericks fan. I grew up a Suns fan, but it's tough for me as a Mavericks fan to see them have such success that I want for my team. I love them anyway. I would have loved for them to win the championship. I'm all on the Suns this year. Aiden did not get a contract extension. That might be a little bit scary for some Suns fans, but ultimately he can play the season out. If anything, he's got to prove it now, right? Some of the other good players around the league, you have Luca being drafted after him. You have Trey Young being drafted after him. Aiden was the number one pick. He's got to go out there and play like it. He may, took some steps in the playoffs, but we need to see a little bit more from him before we give him that money. We're going to move now to my favorite team of the of the uh, whole NBA thing. My favorite player is Luka Doncic, Dirk Nowitzki all time. We got the Mavs. Their over-under is 48 and a half, minus 120. Not as high as the Suns. We're going to start off with Luka. It's a bet on Luka. He has the highest MVP odds this year over Kevin Durant, over LeBron James, over Giannis. It is a bet on Luka taking this team to the next level. They didn't add a lot of stars to the team over the offseason. Dallas has a has a Achilles heel for getting that next that start of the team, pardon my throat, but they added some great rotation guys. You have Porzingis coming out, feeling better with no Rick Carlisle. He's on the Pacers now as the head coach. Porzingis has looked good in some of the preseason games, which is just preseason, but they've been jamming. They've been vibing. The risk would be Jason Kidd as the head coach. Hasn't had a great track record in the past. He used to be the head coach of the Bucks. They were garbage for a couple of years. They got rid of him. Coming back now, a lot of high praise from the Lakers. He was on the coaching staff. Um, so we're hoping that kid can uh, can help us take the next step. But the one thing I really love about the Mavericks is they play in a crummy-ass division. They play each team four times. Rockets, Spurs, Memphis, Pelicans, all of those teams are not as good as the Mavericks. If you look right there, that is almost, it's not guaranteed because they will lose a stupid game to the Rockets when you least expect it. But that's 16 
easy wins for the Mavericks right off the bat in a hard Western division. They get to play four of the easiest teams four times each. You got to love that. Last, uh, last overall do here is the Hawks 46 and a half. It's minus minus one thirty. This is a gimme. Like they're giving you free money here. The if the Suns were the surprise in the West, making it to the finals, the Hawks were the surprise in the East, making it to the conference finals. Trey young, just like Devin Booker is that dude. He, they're going to the same grocery store. They're being told they're the guy. You have Clint Capella extension. I mean, Trey Young waving goodbye to the fans of Madison, Madison Square Garden. You love it. You love to see players like that. He was the trade for Lucas, so I have a little bit of mixed feelings about him, but I love this guy. They have such a solid squad. They got John Collins, Kevin Herter, Bogdanovich is back. You have uh, Gallinari, Lou Williams, DeAndre Hunter. I mean, they added DeLon Wright. This team is so loaded. They are deep. They peaked way too early. They made the playoffs. They weren't supposed to be there. Holy smokes, they kicked some butt. I, I mean, this is great. And for the one thing that I love about them is last year, their winning percentage was 5, 0.567. This year, they need to be asked to do 0.569. They can do it. They did it last year. They can do it again. 46. It's a long season. They can make this happen. It's 47 wins. I think they're going to hit it. And the last team before my voice gets a rest for the evening is the Pelicans. Their over-under is 38 and a half, and that is way too high. I am low, 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 low on this team. The team is being sold right now. They have very limited identity. Brandon Ingram has had multiple chances to step up. They lose Lonzo Ball. And the main thing, Zion Williams is out at the beginning of the season. They don't know how, when this guy's going to come back. He had a broken foot. He's walking. He's waddling around. I'm not even going to say walking. No offense to his weight or anything. But the dude walks weird. Right. And you don't want to see it on a character that is dunking so hard, that is moving so much. It's not a great look for him to be walking like he does. You see him struggling with a broken foot. Pelicans, I got to go under. I don't see this team having a lot of identity. I see them folding out very early. I don't even like them for the play game. For the playing game, it's going to be rough for them. 10 minutes of talking was way too much for me. I am losing it. I think we are done for this week. Boys, any thoughts on basketball before we move on? But I'm so excited the season is starting and that we will learn to gamble on basketball. I stopped myself from a five-team uh, parlay tomorrow already because I just wanted to throw all the teams into the damn thing. I was like, I could win some money, but I'm going to wait. Go Suns. Go Suns. Go Suns. Suns and four, right? Suns and four. That has been it for the pod. I apologize for my voice. I hope you've stuck around this far. Let us know how we can do things better. Let us know your thoughts and opinions. We'd love to hear from you. Tell your friends, tell your moms, tell your dads, all your family. Post it on your story. We'll repost it. We're all about it. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Take care. Stay healthy. Goodbye.